Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. What's going on, Alex? How are you this week? I'm pretty good, man. How's it going with you? It's going well, man. And I know some people that are tuning in on Wednesday, they'll be like, man, where you guys been? It's been a while. It's been about two or three weeks. Uh, I'll just I'll just out myself right now because last week we finally recorded that elusive Frank Vogel profile piece and my dumbass accidentally <laughs> deleted the entire file and I had no way of getting it back. So we did and it, we went long too. I think it was like almost I, 50 minutes. I, I yeah, I think it was actually probably my favorite episode we've recorded until yeah. now. But, Do you uh, remember like dude, we talked about our favorite tacos, our favorite yeah, taco shops. Yeah. We talked about Caruso Lots getting Caruso uh, drug tested, <laughs> Caruso photoshops. Uh we talked about Dwight Howard getting signed because that was still relatively fresh. We talked about so much stuff uh and for an off-season podcast, we went pretty long and yet I deleted it. So sorry. Yeah. And Caruso facial hair. Don't forget the facial hair. Oh yeah. yeah, Caruso facial hair. Did we remember uh, my Caruso bald jokes were there too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that was I, a good man. one. <laughs> it was a good one, and nobody will ever hear it. You know what? I do have uh, your file, so I could easily release just you responding oh, man, that'd be so to, to nothing. Like a serial <laughs> serial killer type uh, discussion, just me talking to myself for about forty minutes about Caruso's yeah. facial hair. <laughs> it's like thirty seconds of silence, and like, mm-hmm, totally agree. Yep, yep. And you go <laughs> off into a rant. Yeah, we could easily do that. I have that file still. I was like, can uh, I? No, I'd can, rather not. I, <laughs> in my own like pitiful mind, I was just felt so bad for wasting your time that I was like, can I? Can I just like record myself in between and remember <laughs> what I was saying? Gaps, yeah, fill in the gaps. But I, I just I text Harrison. And he's like, dude, I've done it before. So, anyways, my apologies to you, man. I just wasted your time. No, man, I had fun. We got to talk about tacos and Caruso. That was that yeah. was worth it. Well, I think we're gonna be able to talk about Taco Tuesday because we record on Tuesday nights. We're sitting here on a Tuesday night right now. It is a Taco Tuesday, uh, but we won't talk about it today because there is other things to talk about, like you, man. You, Alex Regla, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. I wake up this morning, and what do I see on my timeline? You wrote a long article for Bleacher Report on Anthony Davis. Tell us what's going on uh, with that. Yeah, uh, I was kind of lucky enough to to do something for Bleacher Report, and uh, I pitched an idea about Anthony Davis, and they kind of liked the idea, so I got to write about him. And I haven't really had a chance to write about Anthony Davis this summer, and I've kind of been wanting to. So, yeah, it was really cool, and... It's kind of lucky that I have that chance to do it, and everybody on Twitter and online have been really, really cool and really nice about it, and congratulating me and that type of stuff. So I, I'm, I'm really thankful and fortunate to have that chance. Yeah, it was great, dude. I read the whole thing this morning. I gave it a little, little retweet myself, um, and and if you want to check it out, it's on Bleacher Report. You could just check it out on Alex's Twitter at Alex M Regla, um, and basically just give us the gist of what you wrote about, and then we'll talk about it so we can get into some details because. Anthony Davis also did an interview with Chris Haynes, kind of talking about similar things, not really, but Anthony Davis is in the news today. So what exactly were you really talking about on your article on Bleacher Report? Yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of want to hit on all the Anthony Davis power forward center discussion and how he's kind of been adamant that he wants to play power forward and he's not going to sugarcoat it. That's what he wants to play. And it, it is kind of bizarre and does kind of stand out in kind of like this era where, NBA players are supposed to be positionless. They're supposed to kind of play one through five. And really, Anthony Davis is kind of like the 
the example of that. Like, he's a guy who could do everything, and it's kind of a little bizarre that he wants to do one position. But at the same time, I think it's kind of wise for the Lakers to kind of agree to it. And I kind of listed out a few reasons in the article why the Lakers would be kind of willing to kind of follow his wishes and kind of support him in that and kind of even work the, ro- the roster around him f- to make it able so he could play power forward and hopefully kind of make him happy in the long run and protect his body for the long run also. Yeah, it's really interesting too because when the Lakers got Anthony Davis in my head, I was like, oh, they got they kind of got their center because like you said, the NBA nowadays, players are almost positionless where they just move around so much. Anthony Davis can shoot threes. He can shoot from the outside. So he's not your traditional center per se. But I think traditional centers are kind of moving their way out of the game of the current nba game so it isn't very interesting to hear anthony davis be so adamant about playing the four in your opinion i know that the lakers are going to make him the four because obviously they have javel mcgee and they just signed dwight howard before the or after the demarcus cousins injury do you think that is anthony davis's best position in today's nba i i think i think in with in terms of the Lakers specifically, I think it is just because of it, how much it unlocks for the rest of the players. I think if Anthony Davis is at the center position, that means Kuzma also gets inserted into the starting lineup. You can have a kind of a Kuzma, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and kind of two defensive-minded backcourt guys on the same on the same on the floor at the same time, and that kind of helps spacing and that kind of opens things up for the offense. And defensively, you just can switch way more than you'd be able to with a guy like Dwight out there or McGee. So I think for the Lakers specifically, I think it is. But at the same time, I kind of brought up in the article, the Pelicans have actually had a better net rating with Anthony Davis at power forward the last two years than when he was at center. So I'm not sure. I, mean, I, I think I think he's definitely more comfortable at center. And maybe if you're more comfortable, you're going to play better and, and kind of be happier and just perform better. So I think that is also a factor that has to go into it. It's also the pieces around you, I think. When you yeah. when you played with New Orleans, he didn't have LeBron James. So we really don't know what that's going to look like yet. I think a lot of people are talking about how easy this transition is going to be for the both of them. You had a really interesting nugget in there talking about how LeBron thrives playing with a really good uh, four. You said he had more assists to Chris mm-hmm. Bosh, Kevin Love, and Kyle Kuzma than any other player on, the, on those last three teams. So that's really important. Definitely. And I think LeBron has always thrived next to a, a, a specifically a power forward who's creative and kind of stretch the floor and dive to the basket and be a role man for him. And we've kind of seen that his last three destinations that were his Bosch, Love, and Kuzma last year. I mean, he had more assists to Kuzma last year than almost Lonzo, Hart, and Ingram combined. And I think there there's definitely a, a pattern there. And I think he really does really well next to these big guys. And he might have arguably the best big guys ever played with Anthony Davis. So I I think it's just going to be a seamless transition between the bo- uh, between both of them where both can really thrive next to each other and kind of play off off each other more than kind of these other duos who were kind of put together over the summer. Like James Harden and Russell Westbrook are both fantastic players, but that fit is probably not as not as easy to kind of project, whereas with LeBron and Anthony Davis, that's really easy to see how that works on the floor. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting topic to talk about because – A lot of people are assuming that it is that seamless, that it is because of the positions that they play. They don't really like cross over with any sort of particular skill that it's just going to work. And with their caliber of 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 status of players, that it's going to work really well. And obviously, if you're a Laker fan, we're all hoping that that is the case. Um, But yeah, in my I just you just never know. Right. When when two players start playing with each other, not in an all star game, you know, when they're actually playing games against real defenses, how is it going to look? 
And I think that's what's so interesting. And we talked about it last week, and nobody heard it, obviously, but was about Frank Vogel. One of the most important things that Frank Vogel is going to have to figure out early on in his, is his starting five and his rotations. It's He has so many options as far as players and their skill sets go. Like, what is it going to look like after a while? And I know minicamp is, uh, or training camp is starting, I believe, October 1st. And LeBron's putting together, like, a players camp some at some point at the end of September here in Vegas. So we might start getting some more answers soon. But right now, we're all just speculating on the rotations and the starting five and what's it going to look like. Um, so I question it a little bit just because I always question when superstars move teams. It um, When Kevin Durant went to the Warriors... Everybody was like, oh, this is over. And I kind of was on that boat too. But you never really know how it was going to work. Where are the shots going to go? Where's Who's going to take the end of the game shots? Who's going to you know, who's gonna command double teams? There's always so many questions that I think we'll get answers obviously early on. But most people like yourself are are saying this is going to be a very seamless transition. I, I mean, I think so. I think just uh, between those two players specifically, I think they're, they're going to be fine. I think... The Lakers over the summer try to make things as simple as possible in terms of their roster construction. Like they just basically got LeBron, AD, and they just a bunch of shooters and want to work off those two. And then when they get doubled or the help defense comes, they can kick it out to these guys like Denny Green or KCP. So I think they at least kind of did the right thing in constructing this team and kind of simplifying it and not adding a, a ton of these guys who maybe don't fit or are kind of clunky. And uh, I think really the only kind of clunky stuff is actually between the center and Anthony Davis. Like I kind of mentioned in the piece today, I I like the fact that they have a center who can kind of defend bigger guys like Embiid and Jokic and guys like that on a nightly basis. But at the same time, I'm not sure how that impacts Anthony Davis offensively. Does that mean he has to kind of stay out in the perimeter? So Howard kind of has a little more free reign in the paint? Or does that mean you have two centers, two big guys in the paint and kind of clogging the the driving lanes like last year so i think stuff like that will come up and that might be a little complicated but i'm not sure how how much that's going to impact you know the offense overall i mean I, i'm not sure if you have those same concerns or not i'm just curious to see how it's going to work because i i don't know what to expect from dwight howard yet you know we <laughs> talked about that last week too it's 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 going to be interesting to see he looks in absolute incredible shape if you follow him on social media uh, which I don't, but it gets retweeted in my timeline. He was out in Venice Beach. Looks absolutely incredible shape. So if he's ready to go for 82 games and bang centers like up defensively, then yeah, that's going to be a big, big plus for the Lakers defensively. Um, it was interesting. I, you know, I do assume that Anthony Davis is so versatile going in and out that I'm really not that worried about it. That's to answer point. your question, yeah, yeah he, if he was more of a Tim Duncan where it was a mid range. And power and, and post up game, then maybe. But you know, he he's comfortable shooting threes. He's comfortable shooting from the outside. He's comfortable kind of creating his own shot. He's not. I don't think we've maybe ever seen a center do or a, a six foot ten player do what he does. So I'm really not that concerned offensively. What I was encouraged by was him talking to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, saying that he's really focusing on his defense. Mm -hmm. And if you watch the Lakers last year, that's good. Because the Lakers were not so great defensively. And he said he told Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports that his goal is to be the defensive player of the year. And he wants LeBron to join him on the first team all defense. Uh, that's the th I think the LeBron thing of him trying to hold LeBron accountable right away. I think that's a huge part of that quote. And I think that kind of does speak volumes to how these two 
at least kind of see themselves going into the season where they kind of have this kind of built-in chemistry it seems like and they they're on the same page and they're willing to push each other and LeBron didn't really have someone to push him last year when the team was kind of built up of all these young guys and I guess Rondo but at the same time Rondo is not definitely not the same level as LeBron in terms of like star player where a guy like Anthony Davis who's in his prime and is like a top five to top 10 NBA uh, you know in the NBA can tell LeBron like hey get back on defense you know like this guy is someone one of his peers that he can who at least is kind of in that same tier and could kind of hold them accountable and I think that's definitely something the team lacked last year and they're, they're gonna need this year so I uh, that part of the quote and that part of the interview I actually that was my favorite part I thought that was really positive a positive sign so in terms of that that's why I'm kind of so high on this LeBron Anthony Davis pairing I just think so far it, it's been like what we've heard has been great and it's so easy to project them to be successful on the floor that I think this could be, this could work out really well. I, I mean, case besides like injury or something like that, I think this is something that can be really beneficial for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. And then going back to just the center position to wrap that up, um, we did get some clarity already from Frank Vogel. He did a Q and a with NBA.com today and he did talk about where, he's going to play Anthony Davis and I'll just read the quote that way I don't misquote him or, or misrepresent what he was saying. He says, uh, to me, he's effective in both positions. I don't think it's wise when your mindset is to be at your best going into the playoffs to have him banging with centers for 82 games full time. Does that mean he's never going to do it in the regular season? No, of course he's going to play some center in the regular season, but we want to make sure we keep the end goal in sight and get, getting him to April for that playoff run the right way. So, I mean that that quote speaks for itself. It's, it just sounds like AD will play the five when if you know certain situations, but really it's going to be Javale or Dwight playing the five the majority of the season. Sure, and, and it could be something as simple as like AD finishing games at the five, where he's not playing full games, you know, at center position, but maybe he's finishing them at the center position. So I mean that would be fine. Like that's you yeah, definitely. I mean yeah. How many games do you see at the end where like you just don't trust Dwight Howard or Javale for free throws? You know, it's it it could be one of those things. Probably very likely. I, I mean, I think it's going to be very common that we see Anthony Davis kind of finish games out in the five, unless for whatever reason it's not working. Like uh, they can they could try it out early on, just see it doesn't work, and they need that traditional center beside him. But I I think that's going to be their kind of version of their death lineup, where Anthony Davis is on the floor with LeBron and Kuzma, and like I mentioned, like Danny Green or an Avery Bradley or Casey Pierce, someone like that. And I think that'll be the lineup they turn to in crunch time. And that that's gonna be fine because like if you're not playing center for 30 minutes of the game but only 10 like that definitely will help you kind of preserve your body for the long run it's really interesting to talk to when you really think about anthony davis saying that he wants to be a four and he wants to be the defensive player of the year it's it's almost like okay well you're six foot ten how many other fours are six foot ten (laughs) who are you going to be defending to be the defensive player because vogel doesn't want you to bang with centers that's a quote yeah so who are you going to be defending that does Anthony Davis have the ability to match up defensively against the league's best fours day in and day out? Like, so who are the league's best fours? Like, I literally it, don't know. Because in the, in this league, like everyone's like six, six, like, like one through five, I was almost like six, six to six, ten. So it's like, these positions are kind of meaningless now. So I don't, I, I think like Blake, like Blake Griffin, sure. LaMarcus Aldridge, Draymond Green kind of thing. Yeah. Giannis? Yeah, see, like, I don't know. Is Giannis a three or four? Like, a five? I don't know. Like, uh, but, yeah, I I think I, like, I mentioned the article. I think I I envisioned him as more like this monster help defender 
where he kind of gets to roam and kind of go for steals and these help blocks. And I think that's how he's going to impact the game a little more than just kind of banging in the post, kind of like these traditional bigs. I think that that might be where he gets his most defensive value is just throwing his like massive weak span into passing lanes and kind of coming over and contesting shots or helping, you know, helping recover off a defensive assignment or something like that. So in that sense, he could win. He can have a big enough impact like with a net rating and stuff like the team is like eight points better defensively with him out there. That could be a thing. But besides that, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I think it's a, at least a positive thing that he's putting a lot of focus on, on trying to be better on defense. Yeah. I mean, when he said, I want to keep teams under a hundred points, I was like, Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Lots of tacos at Staples center. If that happens. I mean, he also said it's probably not a realistic goal because of today's NBA rules and, and standards. But I mean, that's, it's, it's great to hear him say, like you've said it already, it's great to hear him focus on the defensive end because last year the Lakers needed it a ton. And I think it also kind of goes, even Anthony Davis is thinking, like all the experts are thinking, offensively this is going to be no problem. We got, we got, me and LeBron got this offensively. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and with shooters. Like that. that's like a simple formula that like with LeBron at least has always worked. Like LeBron plus shooters just works. Like that's like a top five, top ten offense just like that. And if you throw in Anthony Davis who kind of, creates more gravity on his own like that's just i it's just gonna work like it might not be the prettiest offense like might just like be pick and roll and then kick out to shooters like non-stop but i I think it's gonna be an effective one and i think you're right i think defensively is where this team is gonna have to buckle in and i i do have a little bit of concerns on that end but at least so far he's saying the right things and i do like that he's trying to hold lebron accountable early on yeah, I think it's great. Someone to push LeBron is really, really good. Instead of LeBron pushing everybody around him, it's going to be nice to have a little back, like give and take for LeBron and Anthony Davis this year. Um, all right, Alex. Well, around the league, I mean, around the Lakers right now, it is the offseason, but like we said, it, we're getting there, dude. We're almost there. You know, LeBron getting together, I believe it's September 27th or 23rd, something like that, with the Lakers players uh, doing a little voluntary mini camp up in Vegas, and then training camp starts October 1st. So we're almost there. But right now we got to talk about Kobe Bryant. Because every time every time Kobe speaks, Lakers Twitter just goes off, right? Do you remember even when the Lakers signed Dwight and Kobe and Shaq had their back and forth on Twitter where Shaq spelled Dwight wrong? Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. It, <laughs> it just yeah, yeah. went wild. Yeah, just wild. I, I think whenever you mention Dwight, Kobe's almost like the follow-up word to any any sentence with Dwight in it. I, I think those two are just gonna be synonymous forever. Yeah, you're right because he even made it. He even made an appearance on the show called The Talk. Now I don't know what this show is. I will be 100 percent honest. I don't. Is this The View? Did I, they I change th- the name? I think it's like another version of The View. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Kobe, I don't know what he's promoting right now, whether it's a kid's podcast, a cartoon, a book, a movie. I don't know what he's promoting. But he was on the show called The Talk. And you're so right. Every time Dwight Howard's name is brought up, Kobe's gets brought up too because it's just it was just that, that crazy year here in L.A. where even he gets asked about Dwight Howard there on The Talk. And he was like, why do you think he's going to do this year? And Kobe says, like, he thinks he's ready this time around. He's, Kobe says... He thinks he's ready to do whatever is necessary to help this team be successful. Now, last week we talked about it, and I keep referencing last week. I'm sorry. I know you guys didn't hear it. But last week we did talk about it, and me and you kind of both, I think we both agreed that this isn't Dwight's first time saying he's going to change. 
This isn't Dwight's first time saying all the right things before the games start coming around. So we just need to see it. I, you know, we've we've heard everything from Dwight already. We've seen that he's always in good shape. He looks healthy. But it's time for him to show the Laker fans and just the NBA people in general that he's actually going to be committed to this role, which Frank Vogel continues to say it's going to be like a complimentary role, a bench role. It's not going to be starter. He's not a superstar anymore. So we just need to see it. That's basically it. Do you believe it? Like at this stage of no. where we're <laughs> No, not yet. And I will, I will, I will. It's fine if I'm wrong and people pull this and put me on Otakes Exposed. I don't care. Like, no, I don't believe it, and I won't believe it until I see it. He's had enough chances to prove it, and he has not done it. Do you believe it? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 like you said, he's kind of like sang this song like many times already. He's, I, I, I'll give him credit for at least coming in saying the right things once again. Like he's not coming in hot right away and kind of messing things up he's getting into good shape so at least he's off to the right foot but like you said we can't really judge any of this until we see how it translates onto the floor like 10 15 games into the season and if if we see him doing all the things that he's being asked to do and we're not hearing his name in the news then yeah like maybe we, the lakers kind of lucked out and got this this contributor on a, on a minimum deal that maybe you know they kind of took a gamble and maybe it pays off but like you said it's really wait and see with Dwight I think with any I I think Dwight's the ultimate wait and see player where he always looks good he always says the right things but he, like I said you just you gotta see if he can actually produce and kind of back up what all this talk he does over the summer because we hear this every single year like someone on Twitter yeah. I don't know if you saw that thread where it's just a, a long thread of like uh the last four or five years of comments from Dwight and it's literally the same quotes every year and we know how those last few years turned out. So, I don't know. I mean, I have fingers crossed. Like, I'm optimistic. Like, I'm not rooting for this guy to fail. Like, I think a lot of... There are segments of the fan base here just, like, over him. And rather see him not succeed. Just to know that they were right. But I think I'm I'm at least hoping he could turn a corner. Because, you know, everyone deserves, like, a, I guess, like, for him, like, a sixth chance. But I, I, I at least hope he kind of gets his head straight and kind of realizes the role he currently is in the nba yeah i'm not optimistic about it but i'm hopeful mm-hmm. uh, i just i'm a naturally pessimistic person in general so i'm not rooting for dwight to fail because then I, I really do believe that'll have a negative effect on the lakers this season I, as easily as he is to cut you know we've seen dwight come in and just train wreck a, a, a team before or steamroll a team before so I'm hopeful that this is finally the chance because this is probably his last chance, honestly. Yeah, it is. Like, I think it is, yeah. This is probably his last chance. I mean, he's not 27 anymore. He's not an NBA All-Star anymore. And, you know, the Memphis just let him go. If that's not the most wake-up call that the Memphis Grizzlies just let you go for free, like then, then I don't know what else is going to wake you up. So I'm hoping that, yes, this is the time that Dwight Howard – he had the most upside of, of, of the guys that we talked mm-hmm. about in that episode – between Dwight, uh, Joakim Noah, all, whoever it was, Mo Spates, you yeah. know, all the guys that we talked about. Um, he 100% has the most upside. I believe he has more upside than JaVale McGee does. Even yeah, though JaVale I, McGee... I, 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 yeah, like if he's healthy and he understands a role and he does it really well, I, that's not crazy. It's just it's only crazy because mm-hmm. of like the last few years, but Dwight's still this super talented guy, and if he's healthy... like. He's only a, a year removed from putting up really good numbers with Charlotte. Like, he mm-hmm. was pretty good not too long ago. 
I think it's not crazy like, to think that. I don't think I would not be surprised if Dwight Howard ends up averaging between 15 and 18 points a game this season because he has the ability to do it. But I think that's the that's the issue that he's had for the last couple of years. Is listen, you have all the talent in the world to be an NBA All Star still, and and to be and to regain that star power, but mentally and his personality, it just has been a problem everywhere he goes for the last couple of seasons, and we that will continue to be a question. Even if he does well early on, it's a long season, Alex. Eighty two games a long time. A playoffs is a long time. A lot of stuff can happen and it only takes one bad comment. It only takes one bad thing from Dwight Howard for him to be for the Lakers could just be like, All right, you know what? It's not worth it. You know? So we'll see what happens. I'm hopeful. And I know Kobe's saying the right things on T V, but I bet you he's saying the exact same stuff that we are. Like, I don't know. He hasn't proven it. So uh you know what would you know what would be crazy? And this is maybe off-season speculation on the part of me, Alex Padilla. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, the Lakers did apply for... Let me read it right, because I, I'm, the Lakers applied for the disabled player's salary because DeMarcus Cousins is out for the year, mm-hmm. which means that they will be able to sign a player for 50% of the disabled player's salary. So... DeMarcus is making like three point seven five million or something like that, or three point some million. So the Lakers have some like one point seven five if they get it, if they do get this disabled player exception. But then they'll have to cut somebody. And I heard Anthony and Harrison talk a lot about it in their podcast on Monday, so or on Tuesday. I'm not sure what day it was, but I just heard it. Um, so I'm not. I don't want to talk about the actual exception. I want to speculate and get wild, because if the Lakers <laughs> do this. They have to cut somebody. Now, who will they cut? I don't know. Like, who do you think on this roster that they have signed right now is, like, cuttable? So, I, I mean, I think they still have a few unguaranteed contracts on their list. Like, remember, they, they waived Eric Holman to make room for Dwight Howard, who was kind of an undrafted free agent. And they, I think they also still have Demetrius Jackson, who's also an yeah. undrafted free agent. So, I mean, those are the most likely. But if you want like, a kind of, like, an actual going- player... What's going on with Lance Stevenson? Why is he still on the roster on websites? I don't know. It, it's not updated. Like Okay. Yeah, I mean I hope so. Like I hope it's just because not, he didn't just sneak I, himself in like in the middle yeah, of the dark I, or he's, something. <laughs> he's gone, right? I mean I, I see a video of him like at rec leagues, like crossing people over, but besides that, no, yeah, I think he's gone. He's not a he, yeah, because ESPN yeah, still got- has him. I'm on, I'm on Lakers.com. Let's see if he's still on there. No, okay, he's no, not on no. there. Okay, ESPN needs on. to update. ESPN yeah. updated everything else except Lance Stevenson. I was like, wait, is he still there? Are we getting air guitar one more year? <laughs> I mean, Caruso can provide that, so we're good. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, if it's not those undrafted guys, like those, I mean, not the undrafted, like the the non-guaranteed contracts, like maybe a guy like Troy Daniels. But then even that, Troy Daniels was the first guy they signed in, over the summer. Right. So it'd be kind of, I don't know. Like I don't think they would waive the guy they signed right off the bat to go sign Mo Spates or someone like that. You know. And I do kind of agree with Anthony and Harrison. They said it's kind of a it's kind of a bad look for the Lakers, where you're basically using Demarcus's cousins, not not his injury. It's kind of like his other stuff with with the mm-hmm. phone call and the threats and the warrant for his arrest. There's obviously so it's almost like you're not cutting Demarcus. You're going to use him and cut a player that really hasn't done anything wrong. I mean, you're working the system, but it's not really the greatest look if you're the Lakers. But if they do, there was an interview in the LA Times 
done by Arash Markazi, and he interviewed Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. And I know when you hear Dwayne Wade, synonymous with LeBron James, right? Best friends, banana boat, just won championships together. Um, he says, and I'm just gonna read his quote, and then you guys decide if this is if I'm just if I'm crazy. He says, "I'm done, but my trainer's gonna keep me in shape just in case something happens. I'm gonna stay in shape because you never know. Never say never." <laughs> and according to Markazi, Wade also said. You're definitely going to see me out there. I'll be there early to work out with LeBron before the game starts. I just want to stay around it and be as vol- as involved as I can. Now, that's the quote that got me. Alex, what does that mean? Is he going to be like at Staples Center like before games like shooting <laughs> like shooting around with LeBron James? Like in Lakers warm-ups out there with the other guys. I I don't know. I mean, it's can, is that even legal? Like for a non like he's not in the NBA. Well, I guess he's, he's not retired. retired. But, like, I don't think, like, I don't know if there's, like, an official retirement, like, paper you have to sign or something. But, I, I mean, maybe he's still technically just a free agent, like, who's on the borderline retirement. I don't know. But I don't think you can work out with the, uh, the team beforehand if you're not on the team, though. Is that? I mean, he, I don't think that's I mean, he legal. said, I'll be there. I'll be there early to work. It could be. Would it be, like, shoot around, like, uh, at if the it's practice like LeBron, facility? If it's at LeBron's house. Oh, right, right. Maybe. But, but, I, well, but it. Is he going to be at Staples Center? Is he going to be in El Segundo, like, at the training facility? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, cause because I know we saw uh, Chris Chris Bosh last year there, but he wasn't. He was like playing with the guys. Like, he was just talking with them. So I don't think that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure about that actually. It's a really interesting thing because I. I mean, just let me throw. Let me just ask you this question: Would you, if if it ever came down to it, I don't know what scenario this is. Maybe I'm just in my own dreamland, but. Dwayne Wade or Carmelo Anthony? Who would you rather have on your team? Oh God, uh, I'll take I'll take probably. Oh man, I'll I'll take Dwayne Wade. I mean, Dwayne Wade to me feel I feel like at this point in his career he would do anything to help LeBron and the Lakers get another ring. Why not try and go get another ring? He scored. He averaged 15 points a game last year. He still I, got a little game in him. I mean, like the like the fun answer would be like sure, yeah. But like I think a more realistic thing is just like kind of wait until the buyout market. And see if like one of the tanking teams just cut one of their veterans. Like, I know everyone has their eyes on Iguodala, but I don't think they're just going to cut him. They're gonna oh, I don't him. think I don't think that this is going to happen anytime soon. I'm totally with you. I think that they're going to just because if they get the exception, they don't have to use it now. Mm-hmm. They can wait till later. Let's see what happens in the buyout market. Exactly like you said. So I'm not trying to say now, like play a full season. But if it's like you know, hey, we got 20 games left, we can use another scorer. Yeah, I mean, if at that point of the season, say they are struggling to score, like they need an additional guy who could play make some or kind of score, like create their own basket, then, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'll, I'll say look at who else is available and he's the best right. option there. And you you know he has LeBron's kind of blessing. Like LeBron would probably love him to have him back. Then, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, And he's clearly going to be there as much <laughs> as he can. I mean, it sounds like it based <laughs> on that report, so... Now that's I do have that concern about the Lakers and scoring. Like, where are the points coming from? When you we we assumed obviously that you know LeBron and AD over twenty points each, obviously, and then I think it's going to be Kuzma. Yeah, but besides then, that, who else can create their own basket right. on this team? Right, Danny Green did. You know, no. the threes are the threes are going to drop here and there. But yeah, I, I I do worry about that with the Lakers and where are the points going to come from besides LeBron and and AD? Yeah, I mean, all those guys we've kind of named, like Danny Green, 
uh, Cook, Daniels, they're all very dependent of other people to create points for them to kind of draw defenders and kick it out for them to get open threes, and they don't really have... Uh, I mean, this team really doesn't have a like point guard. Like I know they have Rondo, I know they have Caruso, and whatever you want to consider LeBron, but they really don't have another guy who kind of break defense down and make, make plays for other people, and I think Wade could do that. I think he's still possibly able to do that. I just don't think you want to rely on a guy in his 30s or however old he is to come in and save the season. Like that, that's, I don't know. That's, that, that doesn't seem like it'd work. I just, I just kind of like the idea of having another guy that's one rings, a guy that LeBron can like rely on in the locker room, not necessarily on the floor. I do. I honestly think Dwayne Wade would be cool. Like playing 15, 20 minutes a game. If that, if that, that's kind of a lot. So I don't know, just a wild idea. Because I'm worried about scoring. I got, I'll just keep emphasizing that. I guess I'm really worried about scoring. What, what about a guy like... Uh, wait, did he sign? I don't know. What about a guy like J.R. Smith? If you want to get crazy. Yeah, see, like, yeah, like, see that's just a disruption. We already have our, hand, <laughs> we already have our hands full with, with Dwight Howard, you know? It's, let's not forget, JaVale McGee was on Shaq in a Fool a whole lot like two years ago. So he's, he's still got that in him, too. Um, I think... Vogel has his hands full. Yeah, you want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. Let's get J.R. Smith back. Yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> we there's options out there to get crazy. That is 100. Uh, percent So if they get this exception, who knows what they'll do? Who knows? Maybe they'll trade it. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Like the logistics of it. Like I, we were talking off air about that. But like, like you kind of mentioned earlier about Harrison and Anthony, what they said. Like, yeah, why didn't they just wave Boogie? Like. Why even get the exception? Like, couldn't they? Mm-hmm. Like, whoever they're gonna sign, I don't think the difference between a minimum deal and this is gonna be like, is is gonna be like a, like a huge deal. Like, I don't think someone's gonna yeah. turn down a minimum deal if they're not in the NBA currently playing. I think they made a they made the point that it was the pro rate the proration that uh, made the that's, difference. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if it's February, you know, you're getting eight hundred thousand as opposed to one point six million or whatever it is, whatever the pro rate comes out to. That's definitely a good point, and I mean, I don't think Iguodala will make it there. I think Memphis is going to get something from him, even if it's like a second-round pick. They'll get something from him, but say he does make it there, and it's between, like you said, that that money difference and possibly joining a team who could contend for a championship could, you know, sway these guys to come play for the Lakers when it when they go to the buyout market. So that makes sense, yeah. I know, I know Andre's got like a, you know, he's the name for the buyout market, but was he really all that impressive last year? I mean, he's 35 years old himself. He 5.7 points, 3.7 rebounds last year in the postseason. I mean, nine points a game, but was he that impressive where he, it's like, he's the, he's the prize. Like he's better than Dwayne Wade right now. I mean, I definitely think so. I think, I, I think the box score numbers kind of don't tell the story when it comes to him. I think. He could one is one of the few guys who can kind of defend multiple positions very well. Still, like I think, still? I think so. I mean, I mean, I thought in the finals and the playoffs, I thought he still was a huge factor, but mostly because they kind of rested him all last year. So yeah. if he's not like I don't know what Memphis does with him. Do they just sit him? Like say they do they wait until the deadline to trade him if they don't they don't get something from him before training camp? Like I don't know how they handle that situation, but if he's fresh. And comes in like with tw- like thirty games left, and they only ask him to play twenty minutes, like in crunch time. Like I think he's fine. Like he can at least shoot threes. Like can Dwayne Wade shoot threes? Like can he space the floor? Like I know Iguodala is not the greatest shooter, but he at least is willing shooter, and at least someone you right. got to close out on. I don't. 
I don't know. No, I mean you make good points. It's it's. I think it's at this point it's it's maybe a conversation to have. But I mean he's getting paid a lot of money this year. Sixteen, seventeen point one eight, seventeen point one million dollars if he doesn't get bought out. That's the thing. Who has the money to? Well, I guess the Clippers have enough contracts to kind of to trade for him. The Lakers currently do not have any kind of money matching contracts at all. So uh, yeah, no. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a really interesting thing. What happens with Igadala? I don't see him on the Lakers because you just said it. I don't think they have enough to get him if it is trades, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's getting bought out. Somebody's gonna trade for him. I don't know who. Maybe the. I. I mean, I think the favorites are the Clippers just because they do have these contracts who kind of fit perfectly into what uh, Iguodala's cap hold is and that makes sense and the Clippers desperately want him uh, so I mean that seems like the logical place I think the Lakers just hope that he reaches the buyout market but yeah I just I don't see that as realistic at this point alright man well hey where, where else are you going to write next <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You got Sports I, I Illustrated gotta, coming yeah. up. You got uh, ESPN. Where are you going next? I, I got to find a site who'll let me write about J.R. Smith or something like that. I don't know. Uh, no, that's that's it. No, 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 no further news at this point. Well, no matter what happens, you can catch Alex on Twitter at Alex M Regla on Twitter. I'm at Alex Padilla eighty six. Subscribe to this podcast and all the Lakers podcasts. SilverScreenAndRoll.com, uh, Apple, Google spotify everywhere that there's a podcast that's where we're at hook us up with the subscribe button and uh we appreciate you guys man well alex uh, this is the time where we would do uh fine or fine but magic johnson's still on vacation i feel like i've been saying that for five months <laughs> i i hope he never ends his vacation this has to go on forever well, with these pictures he did he did end it oh, uh, he did tweet uh. he did tweet september 6th what a way to end our vacation dancing to Brick House and All Night Long <laughs> with Lionel Richie concert in yeah. Monaco. Yeah, that's magic. That's, that's yeah, a legend Samuel, right there. He's, uh, there's a picture with him, Samuel Jackson, and Lionel Richie <laughs> wrapping up his uh, his five-month vacation. Well, maybe we get lucky and he he sends out he tweets out a couple more lists for us because those, those were amazing. But those were great. All right, man. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Check us out here every Wednesday. We record on Taco Tuesday, but you guys hear it on Wednesday. Uh, Alex, thanks, man, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you, man.